Hello, hello, this is Sherry from the Sherry K. Hoff Show, where we focus on living joyfully in your life and business. You can reach us at SherryKHoff.com. That's S-H-E-R-I-K-A-Y-E-H-O-F-F.com. Let me tell you about my guest today. I have someone really special here for you. Tell Ganation is a self-made serial entrepreneur, engaging public speaker, philanthropist, mentor, film producer, and world traveler with a globally recognized reputation across multiple industries. He currently serves as founder CEO of multiple thriving enterprises, including Kaiba Inc., a Michigan headquartered global IT company with over 700 employees and millions in annual revenue. So welcome. I'm so happy you're here. How are you today? I'm excellent, Sherry. Glad to be on your show with you. Oh, well, I know we're going to have a lot of fun here since I hear you're the Tony Robbins of Michigan. So, (laughs) and I see you that way. So, um, and you know, I, I just moved, well, I moved to Colorado from Wisconsin. So I was kind of next door to Michigan. Yeah. Um, So are, are you a Packers fan or what kind of fan are you? Or do you not want to say you're, oh, no, you're the Lions fan, aren't you? Uh-oh, uh-oh, you better stop talking about football here. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> peace, everyone, peace. <laughs> I know, we don't want to turn into something else. Uh, no, no. You for the podcast, yeah. Right, right, this is not a sports show. We exactly. won't have a debate. <laughs> so you have an incredible journey. Uh, why don't you walk us through your current company, how you how you developed it, how you got there and how you've had all this incredible success. So, so passion for cars brought me to Detroit, uh, Sherry. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, finished my master's degree. Uh, and then I got into Chrysler. Uh, that was my first job. And I was working in a major corporation, let's say for 13 years or so. And then I wanted to pursue entrepreneurship. So I started this uh, company um, uh, in 2005. Uh, and uh, I I was there full time. I'm still I am, but uh, you know, but I stepped down from the day to day operations. And then 2017, I started diversifying and then moving into different industries that I've never done before. Uh, taking the lessons learned from my first entrepreneurial venture and then started applying into other industries, and uh, that's where I am. And that's how I got into film industry. Uh, wellness, innovations, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really where I am at in terms of my journey. So it seems like you're multi-passionate. I mean, you have a lot of interests and I can relate to that. I'm a multi-passionate person and, you know, just love a lot of different things. So when you're an entrepreneur, how, how do you know when it's that moment to add something new to your plate as a, so that you don't end up feeling like you are you know spread too thin or your resources are spread too thin when do you know personally um is the right time for you to add a new company a new line yeah i think uh your your heart more than your mind your heart will tell you when is that right moment for example uh i was in my first venture i was added for let's say 12 years then I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. 
yeah, I have so many people working with me, working for me, however you wanted to say it. But then I was not feeling the same mojo that I had when I started. So to answer your question, Sherry, when your mojo goes down, that is the time to start a new company or venture into something different because ultimately it's about our journey. And in order for the journey to go the way you want, uh, not only you have to listen to your mind, you also have to listen to the heart. So that's what I do. You know, so that's how I, I make the decision. And of course, then you know whatever I'm trying to get into, uh, it should take me to the next level in terms of my personal growth and uh, professional growth. And uh, that's how you uh, sharpen the saw. Otherwise, you'll get blunt. Yes, yes. And so... I know, I know I've heard different people talk about how, you know, they recognize when the mojo is going down and, um, you know, like for me, it's almost like I start to feel kind of bummed out, kind of low energy. And I think it's really important to recognize that it's not necessarily burnout, but it's just a signal that there's so, so. I guess what I'm saying is it's a point to celebrate when you feel that mojo going down, like you can go, oh, this means that there's something bigger or new or coming instead of going, why do I feel like this? (laughs) Well said. I think think you have to take that into uh, a positive direction and something that's going to take you to the next level. So that's, that's how I read that. Uh, the other way to read that is, that, oh, I'm going down, so I'm not doing good, blah, blah, blah. And you can you can turn negative. But uh, what I try to do is, that, wow, now it is time for tell 2.0. And then I say, <laughs> okay, now it is time for tell 3.0. And yeah. you come up with as many point O's as possible throughout your journey because it's all entrepreneurship to me. It's just a frame of mind anyway. It's a state mm-hmm. of mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is so great. Entrepreneurship is a state of mind because I think a lot of people have this sense that, especially people who aren't entrepreneurs right now, that entrepreneurs are born and it's a chosen state of mind. I mean, you might, there might be characteristics that, you know, maybe push someone in that direction, but, um, you know, there's so many different Yes. Evolutions of entrepreneurship. So I think people don't need to go, oh, well, I wasn't born that way. I don't have that kind of drive. It's really excitement. You start getting excited about something and yes. you want to see it through. So Yes, absolutely, Sherry. You, you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. And then sometimes, you know, people don't even know. They have not tasted it before. Because they have not tasted it, they don't know what it is. Like, it's almost like addiction, you know, but in a good way. Because mm-hmm. only when you're addicted, you know what, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and people who are not addicted, they don't know what it is. And same thing uh, with, right. with the entrepreneur. That's the way I, 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 I read it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned fear, you know, or actually you meant to, mentioned trying something and testing something. And that's what I see holding people back is, you know, they think about this idea and then they, it stays in their mind and they replay it over and over again, but you actually have to try it, test it, do it, do something um, in order to see if it works. And I think a lot of people have this idea that they have to have it all worked out ahead of time. So when they jump in, it works, but you know, sometimes 
most of the time you jump in and you have a bunch of changes you have to make right away because you learn that, you know, one area wasn't as successful as you thought it would be. So how can people get more brave about jumping in and trying things out and not putting so much pressure that absolutely every idea has to be a massive success? Yeah, I think I would answer that in two uh, two ways, uh, uh, Sherry. Number one, what I call societal conditioning, because we the society is conditioning people to be perfect in everything. As you rightfully said, there is no such thing called perfect in entrepreneurship because it's a series of so many steps that are needed. I would call baby steps to get to the ultimate destination, right? And just because you don't have everything figured out, doesn't mean that you shouldn't start. So the society keeps telling them, oh, who do you think you are? You're not going to make it. All that, they keep listening to all those, uh, you know, chatter, chatter. And what they need to do is go with their inner inner chatter with the, on themselves mm-hmm. and then make those kind of leaps and bounds and make it happen. And so that's on one front. Other hand is that they need to start believing in, you know, looking at, I mean, history repeats itself. Look at all those inventors from... Edison, uh, to even a Chrysler, Ford, they tried so many things, so many things fail. I, even for Edison, it failed 10,000 times. And the 10th time, you know, 10,000 times you get the, you know, bulb going on. And similarly, you know, Rome was not built in a day. So people have to drop that idea of having everything from day one. It doesn't work. It, it may work in the dream, but not in a reality. The reality is, is take one idea, test it out, verify, validate, understand what the market is saying, talk to some potential customers and figure out and then have some small win. Confidence breeds success one step up at a time. You gain the confidence from the baby steps, then they can slowly outgrow their fear. And then by the time they go through the process from a cat, they become a lion. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, so that I just came up as we were talking, uh, yeah. uh, Sherry. So that that's really how people can outgrow because fear is what affects most of the people in terms of social anxiety, in terms of not wanting to do something, and then believing in the social media. As social media is everything. And then listening to the society and the environment and, you know, turn them into negative Nancy. So we don't want that. And so what we want is something that they can do. Look at the history, look at other people and surround themselves with like-minded entrepreneurs and draw their inspiration. Because as we discussed, Sherry, these things are not taught in the school, unfortunately. And, 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 and all we end up doing, producing so many paper tigers we don't have real tigers in, in the field. And, and, and that's, that's why a podcast and conversation like this, we continue to keep inspiring uh, budding entrepreneurs so they can have the leap of faith. That's really how I see it. Yeah. You know, I just had this conversation with um, the director of the business school at UC Berkeley, and he talked about how he designs an experiment for his students to go out and fail. Like they they haven't passed the assignment until they failed. And, um, and it's a social experiment. And we were talking about how school does not prepare you for that or for life because in school, in, and 
you know, you can't blame the kids for this because in order to get into the right school, the right college, they basically have to have a almost perfect academic history. And so it doesn't give them the room to say, it's okay to fail a test. It's okay to fail a problem. Like I, I remember taking an advanced math class and one of the problems was unsolvable on purpose. And it was so upsetting to so many of us because, you know, we're all like, we have to solve this. And, but life is, you know, life is like that, you know, you, yes. you've got to be able to fail. And, and I'm really hoping that school, the school districts will get that message where they'll design more opportunities where it's okay to not have an A, you know, and and where colleges look at more than just did they graduate with a 4.0 or, you know, did they have perfect SAT or perfect ACT scores? Um, yeah, it's, I love, love, love that you brought that up. So. Um, uh, so true, Sherry. Uh, it, it's so true. I think you know, to summarize what you just said, I think our school system, our college system really needs a huge upgrade because whatever they have uh, doing now, it was designed for the 19th century. In my mind, it is not meant for 21st century at all because we are not, you are right, we cannot blame the kids because they are being taught that and they come out of that and then they try to learn everything on the field and then that's why I said, we don't have real tigers running around. We have paper tigers. They look so good and so tough with so amazing 4.0s and everything. But in the real world, we put them to test. They bleed like a hemophiliac. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. what I, as you said, I think the, the systems at all levels of education must really be transformed to today's standard, like we said, more realistic and pragmatic and model what's happening in the real world, not in a virtual world, not in a theoretical world, because that doesn't work. Right. That's my right. two cents. I'm just yeah. re-summarizing. No, I, I, I love it. And I think the more conversations that we have like this, the more it will affect changes. And there are pockets of, um, you know, like little incubators, think tanks where people are encouraging this and camps where kids get to go and, and um, you know, explore without the pressure that, you know, they have to get a grade at the end of it. So, um, and I'm not anti-grades, but I just think I'm anti, everyone has to be perfect all the time because yes. it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. So um, so let's talk a little bit more about your secrets to success. <laughs> what is it? Uh, my secret to success is, is, is staying positive and being happy when you are in that state of mind, automatically so many amazing things happen in your life. Um, I see that you are, a, you seem to be a very positive and a happy person as well. So I can relate to you in, in many ways. And, and so when you do that, you attract the right things in your life because, you know, as we discussed, a lot of things happens in life is not, you know, our personal and business is not really what we conceive in our head it is there are logical part of it there are illogical part of it and then how do you combine them together for example meeting somebody you know that will change your life as a mentor if you're an entrepreneur or a funding that you never had but x y and z put you in touch with somebody and you got into abc uh and and so 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 that's that's how i see it it's, it's really 
you know, staying positive and happy really puts you into the right state of mind that brings you more opportunities to you. To me, uh, that is the secret of my success. And that is the recipe that I follow. That's a good one. That's a great one. So um, we talked before we jumped on here about how how to thrive during uncertain times. And, um, you know, I, I, when I think about this, I grew up in a mining town and it was post mining boom. Like the mining boom for that town was like in the twenties, thirties, forties, maybe fifties. Um, and I don't remember ever hearing the news say the economy was booming for the mines like that. Every time you turned on the news, there were layoffs and shutdowns and strikes and, and, um, and so I think sometimes when, you know, we could always say it's an uncertain time. I mean, we do have economic booms where everything is going great. But when we start to hear the media talking about, you know, inflation and um, economic problems, people get really, it's like they buy into that meme. And it's almost like I think of it as like a brain infection. It is, it is. <laughs> so so uh, what is your message for people listening? You're like, how? how can they thrive, not just make it through whatever is going on, but really thrive and thrive all the time? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, more than listening to me, Sherry, I think they should listen to history, right? If you really look at all the historical data, you know, most of the major companies right now in the Dow Jones, um, most of them came through recession and depression. And 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 including the recent one like Uber, Facebook, all of them came in the in a financial meltdown in the 2008, 9, 10 frame time frame, and then even going back to 1920. So what that means is that when people hunker down, that's when the time to thrive, as Warren Buffett says, right? When people are anxious, uh, you know, so that's when uh, you know you try to go for the kill. And when people are up, uh, hunky-dory, then you you hunker down. And so my point is that, you know, even though we have all these uncertainties, uncertainties is the best time for an entrepreneur to exploit the market because that's the best time for them to start a company. It is kind of counterintuitive. But if, you, if we look at uh, the history and look at all the successful companies that came out of such uncertain times, it will give us a lot of hope and that will allow us to thrive. And that's really my take on it. And then certainly we have to do all the basic things. Obviously, we shouldn't be spending too much money, cut down the expenses. Still, we have to go through the whole uh, nine yard of launching a successful company. But more importantly, having that understanding would not allow you to subscribe to the news, the bad the bad news that are coming out constantly, as you rightfully said, and allows you to stay away from the brain infection. Even if they want to you to get infected, you don't get infected by <laughs> by constantly repurposing and reprogramming your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always say that in any given moment, there's always an opportunity. Yes. So so whenever you know. I, my husband's a businessman too. And I started my business in 2007 and, you know, I'm in the coaching and training industry and 2008, how many businesses were actually out there saying, let's expand our training budget. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, and my attitude was if I could make it through that, I can make it through anything. Anytime. 
Yep. Yep. Because I started when people were saying, oh, it's the worst possible time to start a business. And a lot of people just gave up. Yeah. And here I am 15 years later, still here. So, um, so we've talked about a lot of things. So tell us where people can find you and follow you and, you know, hear more of your message. And then also the one or two things that you would like our listeners to take home today. Yeah. So, so I can be reached on my website. It has all the socials. It's uh, www.tel, T-E-L-K, and my last name, G-A-N-E-S-A-N.com. And then from there, they can connect to all the socials. And then in terms of my, you know, takeaway pointers would be uh, life is too short. And I don't want it to sound cliche, like follow your passion, but uh, whatever your heart tells, you got to follow that because sometimes, you know, entrepreneurial journey is not just logical um, uh, to a certain extent it is, but to a certain extent it is not. Understanding that and then try to answer to that would, would allow you to have a lasting legacy. Because, you know, we, our time on this planet Earth, you know, in a biological sense may be limited, but what we leave behind will outlast our time on this planet Earth. And so, therefore, we have to give everything we got to make that happen. Mm, So wise. And thank you so much for being here with me today. You are just on fire with great ideas and inspiration. Thank you so much, Tel. Thank you so much, Sherry. Glad to be on your show. I invite you to visit sherrykhoff.com for more free gifts and more episodes of the Sherry K. Hoff Show. And I want to wish you a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, no matter where you're listening in the world today. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. This episode is sponsored by the Inspire Group for business owners. You can visit sherrykhoff.com to learn more about this innovative and inspiring coaching group so that you can grow your business. 